Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum, and this week we'll jump right into our conversation with with, uh, Sandra Fujiyama, and uh, we're talking about the Pacific Asian Center for Entrepreneurship and, of course, all the projects that... uh, She's involved in, and of course, I want to welcome Sandra Fujiyama. She's the new executive director of PACE, which is Pacific Asian Center for Entrepreneurship, and uh, she's here to tell us about her kind of recent selection as a, as the ED. I know she's been on the job for about a, a whole four months, and uh, we want to talk about things like the Entrepreneurship Live and and uh, the uh, <clears throat> Calvin Shindo Student Venture Fund, as well as you know PACE projects for 2022 and beyond. Sandra, welcome to the show. Hi, Bert. Thank you so much for having me. So how's it been for like the last four months? Uh, I know I know, <clears throat> it was a, uh, a pleasant surprise to hear you've uh, moved on from, uh, I know you were working for um, uh, Vasilis for, I guess, what, the better part of a couple of years? Yeah, three years at the Office of Innovation and Commercialization. And and tell me, what were you what were you kind of doing there? Because I know I know you and I talked, but I I don't know if I actually had you on to really you know delve into what you did over at the Office of Innovation. So what were you doing there, and how did that how did that help you position for your your new job? So I supported innovation and entrepreneurship efforts at that office, OIC for short. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a system-wide office there, so we supported all 10 campuses of the university system. And so I really went out there and figured out what innovation and entrepreneurial programs were going out, going on across, you know, at the various campuses. And then for me, looking for a way to come up with a strategy to kind of bring it all together and mm-hmm. really highlight the great innovation that's going on at UH, um, help the those out there coming up with innovative ideas to figure out how to protect those ideas and then figure out ways to help them commercialize those ideas. So that was kind of, you know, what was in my, my area. And I was lucky enough at that, at least the end of the ten, my tenure there before coming over to PACE to have won a $2.7 million grant from the EDA to try to implement some of those strategies I came up with. So very exciting times at UH and, and in particular at OIC. So this, uh, uh, Two million dollar project from the EDA that was at the at OIC and and so what was that project to actually create and do? So that was with CARES Act funding. Mm-hmm. So it was meant to respond to the pandemic. So um, it had three components to it. There was a workforce development component to help um, support those workers that were displaced as a result of the pandemic and give them training and skills in order to go into a different area. Um, the second pillar had to do with building up businesses that had a technology base. So we're trying to figure out how to inspire more innovation in tech and then build out uh, what's called the SBIR or Small Business Innovation Research Pipeline. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the third component was supporting our small businesses, right? Small businesses are such a huge part of our economy. They're the backbone of our economy. They help support and provide jobs for our workers. So it was how do we provide education amongst the various campuses to inspire that, to support that, and, and to help build and grow our small businesses in Hawaii. So when uh, uh, that grant was awarded, was the has the project been completed? And I know you know you've you've uh, moved on uh, to to pace, but uh, has the has that project been completed? And and if not, uh, who's working on it now? So that that came in like right at the end of my tenure. So I you know had the the game plan mm-hmm. set out, and then some uh, additional folks came in and got hired, and then that's when I moved over to pace. So. 
Um, Steve Auerbach is heading that up in the Office of Innovation and Commercialization now. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to have to give Steve a call and see how that project is coming along. <laughs> I got to figure. I got to figure. When you wrote that project up, uh, given that it's you know had an SBIR component to it and and small business component. I mean, uh, in your plan that the EDA approved, was uh, you know folks like HTDC kind of woven into that in some way? I mean, that was the thought process behind it. Um, at While I was at OIC, HTDC had been a wonderful supporter of my efforts, mm-hmm. so got me highly involved in their SBIR program. We collaborated on a number of programs, so we put on a bunch of sessions to help build up the next generation of SBIR companies in Hawaii. Um, so really, they were. I mean, that was the thought process. How do we build that pipeline? How do we create a number of additional small businesses that could take advantage of that SBIR funding? and grow our economy with technology, right? So there are great companies like um, Nalu Scientific. And so, like, how do we build 10 more Nalu Scientifics to utilize tech and build businesses that can be developed here but then export their work outside of Hawaii? I mean, that's what Nalu's doing, and it was kind of in my head, like, well, you know, let's try to build 10 more, though, yeah. if not more. Yeah. Well, that's great. And, and you know, I've, I've had Isar on the show, in fact, I had him on probably a couple of weeks ago when when they um, uh, announced the kind of new distribution deal uh, that they they uh, had recently got signed up for. So uh, we had him on and uh, got to talk about you know the deal as well as uh, you know the work that um, they do as well as getting you know getting kind of the the, the kickstart through uh, the the SBIR program. So and that's great that you know and then you you know your your role over there at OIC. I mean. When it was kind of system wide, right? So you were across the entire state, and I think, yep. uh, you know, that's a that's a pretty broad coverage. Uh, so now I'm I'm glad you're, you're you've kind of <clears throat> uh, got Steve involved, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely call him up and find out like what's going on with that program because <laughs> I'd like to hear the update on that. Now, um, Peter Rowan was kind of the previous ED over at uh, at Pace, right? And then so. I know he had to. He he moved on. I think in, to Seattle. So, the the um, the opportunity to apply is that is that how you uh, had to compete for that job? Yeah. So that's how that opportunity came up, and you know it really kind of spawned out of the relationship that I had built with Pace um, mm-hmm, while mm-hmm. I was at OIC. So you know what I always tell people is really within the first week of my of me being on the job at OIC, I had met Tracy and Crystal at Pace. Um, and had learned all of the amazing work they were doing. And and the reality is um, a lot of their programs really formed um, the foundation um, for any strategies that I put forward. So to me, yeah, go right, ahead. Right. So in a way, I mean, what you did at OIC, Office of uh, Innovation, what, what does the C stand for? Office of Innovation and, and Commercialization. commercialization. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, again, a system-wide program, but... Uh, where where Pace is is part of Scheidler, right, and and uh, it's for the most part uh, focused on on the Manoa campus, right? No, it's actually not. So it's a system wide office in a sense too. Oh, so okay. although we're housed at Scheidler, mm-hmm. we provide our um, programs and all of our resources to students at at any campus within the university system. So we're open to everyone, um, and anyone can participate in any of our programs or reach out to us for support. So. In a way, I mean, you were uh, kind of a, a, a nice natural progression, you know, once that that uh, vacancy opened up. Because since yeah. you had already been 
not only working in that area, but working with the PACE folks and familiar with, you know, the, the programs that they're involved in. Yes, exactly. So that's kind of how I felt. And, you know, obviously really inspired by the work that they do here, had a pretty good familiarity, obviously wasn't working here, so didn't have the detail, but had a good sense of, of what their programs were, what they had to offer, and, and how much good work they were doing out there. You know, so one of the things that I recently kind of heard about was uh, the program called Entrepreneurship uh, Live. And I, I'm not sure how long that's been going on, but maybe uh, maybe tell us about that as an example of one of the programs that, that uh, you have under your, under your sort of umbrella. Right. Um, so Entrepreneurship Live was meant to inspire our students to go out there and start their own companies. So we really felt that bringing in entrepreneurs – um, from you know different areas, different fields, different types of businesses, and having them share their stories would hopefully inspire our students to to look at those folks and be like, hey, I can do it too, or you know what, they struggled here, I'm struggling, and so I just need to overcome. So it was really meant to be this series um, to share and then to inspire and hopefully get those students to be like, hey, I can do it, I'm going to go out there and try it, and then hopefully go into all of the other programs um, that we have to offer. Now, I, I I do want to ask you, like, how do you come across some of those entrepreneurs? Because, you know, I am pretty familiar with, you know, the folks at, uh, let's say, Elemental or Blue Startups or Mana Up. And, and they are always putting the call out to entrepreneurs and, and, and you know, newly formed companies. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm often curious about how you find those, uh, those folks and, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because I'm, I'm, you know, the ones that I've heard about in Entrepreneurship uh, Live, I have not heard about in other, you know, circles. So, you know, it's sort of a, a whole new crop of people. So anyway, before we get into the detail, I want you to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Sandra Fujiyama. She's the new executive director over at the Pacific Asian Center for entrepreneurship and of course this is bite marks cafe Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Sandra Fujiyama, the executive director over at the Pacific Asian Center for Entrepreneurship. And uh, right before the break, I was uh, kind of complimenting uh, uh, Sandra for some of the folks that she brings on to a program like uh, Entrepreneurship Live. And it's, you know, the my exposure to it has been it's kind of a uh, virtual webinar and, and they have some pretty cool speakers from companies that that. Sandra, how do you find these folks? Because, you know, <laughs> uh, I remember uh, one that uh, uh, I, you know, this guy was running a, a pretty sizable company and he was actually located here in Hawaii. Uh, the majority of his company was elsewhere. And I, I was I was pretty impressed. The fact that, uh, you know, these are folks that are out there doing business in Hawaii, but actually have a, a fairly sizable distributed network of employees so how, does these, how do these folks come across your uh, radar? 
Well, I, I think I have to give credit to the two program managers I had mentioned before, Tracy and Crystal. They're mm-hmm. amazing. Um, they've been with PACE for a number of years. And so I think for them, they've built up this network, this really great network of people. And so people just get referred to them. Um, and I guess going – and so as you mentioned, you know, there's this person that you heard about that ha- that worked here but had a great distributed network. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're referring to um, Turnover B&B and Asaf Karman. But well, uh, Turnover B&B, I'm familiar with them because uh, they were part of a, a blue startup. So I, I, I at least has been, have been exposed to them. And I'm, I'm you know, sorry, I can't, I'm trying to recall uh, the fellow that, that um, was featured as a speaker uh, for Entrepreneurship Live uh, and and um, it right. was it was like a it was like a company that did uh, kind of like micro loans or you know uh, but it was it was a a pretty sizable company that again was distributed across the country. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I'm not sure who you're referring <laughs> to, but I mean, so for you know, I when when you mentioned Ossoff, actually for him, he came through the Pace programs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, that was the connection. And so, you know, at this point, because Pace has been around for more than 20 years, a lot of our alumni are coming back through um, and they can come and share about their companies. So, you know, that's one way as well. I mean, I'm not, you know, a lot of people don't realize that a number of people in our ecosystem participated in Pace's programs. You know, Shanoa Farnsworth mm-hmm. participated in Pace programs. Um, Len Higashi from HTDC participated in Pace programs. So it, it's... Um, it's touched. Pace has touched a number of people. Well, um, Pace has been around. I mean, Pace has been around for for many years, and and uh, uh, this this particular series that we're talking about, Entrepreneurship Live. I mean, it's it's a relatively regular uh, um, presentation of of some of these entrepreneurships across you know across Hawaii's mm-hmm. environment, and uh, I'm just impressed that you know there's there's people that you feature that. You know, uh, I'm I'm always learning about new folks that are <laughs> that are on you know on your guys' program. So I'm got to pay a little bit more attention to you know uh, finding out who they are and and and, and perhaps uh, even featuring them here on the on the Bite Marks Cafe. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great to hear that that we're introducing new people that people haven't heard from before. I think that's that's our goal, and we hope to inspire. So I'm I'm glad to hear that. Now the other the other program that I had. Uh, on Bite Marks Cafe was something called the Calvin Shindo Student Venture Fund, and I know that was something that was formed uh, before your time. Is that still is that still going on? Yes, that is still going on. Um, we were very fortunate to have Peter start that up, mm-hmm. and that actually started um, or transformed. It was a pivot from a prior program that we had that was a micro loan fund. So we, we were giving out micro loans to students, um, and the donor for that program was Dustin Shindo. And so when Peter came on board, you know, they talked about it. They, they were trying to figure out what was the best way to utilize those funds. It seemed like, you know, students weren't looking for microloans anymore. And so Peter came up with the idea of, like, hey, why don't we start our student venture fund? And Dustin was on board. And so that's why um, it's named the Calvin Shindo Student Venture Fund because it's in honor of his dad. Um, and he was totally on board with using it as a vehicle to educate our students, give them an opportunity to be uh, venture capitalists, um, as well as at the same time support some of our UH-affiliated startups with some funding. So it's, it's been great. It's been going on for about a year now. Um, we have amazing students that run it for us. Um, you know, they go out there, they find the companies, they do the due diligence, and then they present on whether or not they're going to fund or they, w- they would like to fund the companies. Um, and then a board comes in and approves whether or not the funding occurs. So 
Now, now, I, I do want to I do want to get into a little bit more detail about the uh, this uh, student venture fund, but I do want to let people know that you know the fellow that we were trying to remember is David Hijirida, and the company oh. that he has is uh, Acorns. And I I really I should have not forgotten the name because I like the name Acorns. It's it's sort of uh, reflective of the idea that you can, gr- you know, take an acorn and grow this uh, huge oak tree, <laughs> and yeah. and and that's what you know that that was kind of the premise behind the the name and and really what the company was there to do is to help people get started uh, with some maybe some uh, uh, um, financial kind of uh, uh, st- uh, startup capital or or, or startup uh, uh, resources. So anyway, I I just wanted to share that that. Uh, uh, it was uh, Acorn and and David Hijirita. Right now, now going back to the the venture fund. So this is a student venture fund, and and it, it's is it is it like uh, how does it work? I mean, is it like Monopoly where you know uh, it's a hypothetical, or how do how do people how do students sort of get into uh, the actual participation in a venture fund? Given that you know typically students don't have a whole lot of money. Right. So the, so the fund is. Funded because the, or the money that they utilize to fund companies mm-hmm. um, is a result of a donation. So Dustin Chindo made a donation um, to Pace, and we are utilizing those funds. So they are investing those funds into the companies. Okay, so there's so that's real money, yes. and it's being invested into real companies. Yes. Uh, and and where do these companies come from? Are they are they you know traded on a stock exchange or where? How do how do uh, how does the money get placed into a company, and 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 how do you track you know the performance of that company? So, the companies have to apply. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's an application process. The companies apply, and then the students that are on the fund, running the fund, because so there are a bunch of student directors that have to apply to become student directors to run the fund. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They go through the application process like how um, a venture fund would. So they take in these applications, they review them, they meet the founders, they do their due diligence, figure out, you know, what the product is, you know, is it a legitimate company, is, are there any IP issues, have they thought about their commercialization plan, and then they prepare a due diligence report that gets presented to a board um, that includes Peter Rowan, among other people, mm-hmm. that, that help advise and um, agree or disagree as to whether or not to fund. So does the students or who gets the percentage as a result of the investment i mean is there is sort of a stock uh uh transfer not transfer but um uh equation that that uh, equates to you know however much was invested uh, equates to how how much uh, stock might be uh owned by the the fund so the investments right now are done via safe notes mhm and because um, the money is coming out of the foundation, it's it will go back into the foundation if it turns out there's a return. Okay, okay, okay. So that's a that's a and you call it safe notes. Yes. Oh, okay. And how does that? How does well? <laughs> why don't we? Why don't we uh, kind of hold that thought? I want you to explain what a safe note is. Then, of course, we'll be right back of a short uh, break to continue our conversation with Sandra Fujiyama, executive director of the Pacific Asian Center for Entrepreneurship.
Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Sandra Fujiyama, Executive Director of the Pacific Asian Center for Entrepreneurship. And of course, uh, you know, right before the break, uh, we were talking about the Calvin Shindo Student Venture Fund and and how that actually works from a, um, a mechanic standpoint. And, and Sandra, you were mentioning something called a safe note. What is what is exactly a safe note? So that stands for a simple agreement for future equity. Oh, okay, okay. It does <laughs> it's not just sounding like a safe note yeah, it is it actually exactly stands for something and and is that a is that a uh, kind of an official financial vehicle for for investments yes yes it is so it's, it's you know there are a number of investment vehicles so that's one that's been utilized by certain entities within mm-hmm. uh, the venture fund community so it was the vehicle that we decided to utilize for this particular fund oh great great so you know this is great i mean it's like uh, you know, you're a student, but you can actually get first-hand experience in the whole venture uh, process. I yes. mean, I think that's a that's a great experience. Now, you know, these are just a couple of uh, examples of some of the things that that Pace is involved in, and 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 I'm sure you know you've got a, a slew of ideas for what you know is is unfolding in in 2022. So. Sandra, you're the new executive director. What what new things are you coming up with? So I, in particular, um, I'm not coming up with new things per se, but I am working <laughs> on a fairly big project that we've embarked on recently. Um, and it's called the RISE Project. So RISE stands for Residences for Innovative Student Entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a facility that's being built right across the street from the university at what is the Atherton Building. So it's that pink building across the street on University and Metcalf. And so there's construction going on there right now. Um, and what's going to be built is an innovation space uh, surrounded by 374 dorm rooms. Um, and the students that are going to fill that dorm are going to be innovative and entrepreneurial students that are looking to have, you know, to take their ideas that, that want to figure out how to commercialize, how to have greater impact through entrepreneurship. Um, and PACE is going to expand its footprint and reside in that facility, as well as maintaining our facility here at Scheidler. So the renovation and construction of, of Atherton has been going on for uh, a couple of years, right? And and so maybe, you know, bring us up to speed with that. I, I, I know uh, <clears throat> uh, it's been going on, and and uh, I'm glad you brought it up because maybe you can give us, a, like, the latest update as to what the current status is of it. Yes, um, it's a very exciting project. Um, so it started like nearly four years ago now. So all pre my time, but it's been being worked on by uh, Susan Yamada, who used to also be one of the executive directors of Pace, mm-hmm. um, and Crystal. They've they've been kind of the the team that's been pushing it forward um, on the Pace side of things. Um, so they had to work through you know obviously a number of approvals and figuring out how to get it financed and. Uh, they worked through all of that. Um, the bond financing for it went through last fall. So that's when they knew that it was real and it was going to be a go. Um, and the groundbreaking happened in January. And so construction is happening, and we expect it to open in fall of 2023. Wow. Okay. So, it's, it's, uh, it, so it's, uh, is Susan still involved with it? Right now, Susan is still involved in it, yes. And then... Uh, once it's completed, it's actually going to be a facility for, for entrepreneurs to actually 
reside in, right? I mean, it, it kind of is like a like a. Um, well, maybe you can explain the program. I mean, what, what what happens when it's the you know rise is complete, the building's ready for people to move into, students are now uh, occupy uh, occupying the space. What do you see happening once that that happens, that occurs? Right, right. So it's you know it's what we call our live learn workspace. Mm-hmm. So students can are going to be living there. They can work there. Um, um, they learn work, yeah, and they can learn there from us at Pace. So it's the combination of all of that um, and being able to have access to that 24-7. So, so it's really whenever the idea strikes them, they can go down and meet their team. They can brainstorm if they want. They can create prototypes if they want. Um, and they can all do it under the same roof so they don't have to go anywhere. Um, so maybe I should expand a little bit more on, on what our footprint is going to look like at RISE. So yeah. we're yeah. So we're going to take up a portion of the second floor, mm-hmm. and in that space, we will have a flexible co-working space. There will be a classroom space, and there will be a clean maker space and dirty maker space, as well as conference rooms and office space. So the students that live in this facility will have access to all of that twenty four seven. So pace and where you reside now, I I, I figure so you're somewhere up at uh, Scheidler, but when the completion of the renovation is done you will be actually on the second floor yes and and you'll have all this not only space to 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 live in but i mean not you living there but you know to to operate and and work from but then you'll have access to all the students that are now part of the whole rise uh environment Right, right. So the hope is, right, we have those 374 students. They'll have to go through an application process, and mm-hmm. we get to review those applications and decide who gets to reside in the RISE facility. And so our hope is that we're bringing together students from different backgrounds and with different experience and different skill sets and that they can really come together and build the right teams um, to push innovation forward. I think, um, you know, that's one thing that there's that, – that the student teams that we've seen have had difficulty with. That's mm-hmm. something that I've seen when I was at OIC was, you know, we have, there's this great facility at Pace right now that's a co-working space. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always that need to figure out how to bring students together. Like, how do we bring the engineers together with the computer science students, with the business students? Because you really do need that multidisciplinary team mm-hmm. to come together to push an idea forward, right? I mean, when you look at it at a high level, when you see companies, they have a C-suite for a reason, right? The CEO is not going to be the person doing marketing. It's not going to be the person doing human resources. You try to find that combination of skill sets, um, let the people with those strengths come in, and you guys work to, they work together to make the company work. And so our hope with RISE is that these students will be together in the same space, will have different backgrounds, but they'll find people that have the same passions, you know, same passions, different skill sets, and they can come and form teams to solve problems, to identify problems that they want to solve in our local community and figure out how to build businesses around them to diversify our economy, to create change, to, you know, combat climate change, whatever it is they want to do. Yeah. We hope that that's what they get to do here at RISE. And that's why, I mean, for us, it's extremely exciting. You know, we're going to have this amazing space. We're going to expand the, the, you know, the current set of programs we have. Um, yeah, and be able to do it with, with a number of hopefully wonderful students. So so in essence, what you're saying is that PACE will sort of expand beyond the programs that just, uh, we just talked about to in, incorporate what's going to happen at, at RISE. And, and it's definitely interesting. So San, Sandra, we only got uh, 10 seconds left. Where can people find out more about PACE? What's the, uh, what's the URL to check out? 
Okay, the URL is PACE, P-A-C-E dot Scheidler, S-H-I-D-L-E-R, dot Hawaii dot E-D-U. Very good. I'll put that up on our show notes. Sanja Fujiyama, Executive Director, brand new over at the Pacific Asian Center for Entrepreneurship. Very exciting stuff. Thanks for joining me today. And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about preparing for the metaverse. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app. iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Of course, uh, you stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Oh, 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 o